0: And we're rolling. Welcome to episode six of Cheap Seats, the one and only sports podcast from the Lake Orient High School Dragon Broadcasting Program. I got five guests with me today. Let's go around and introduce everyone.
1: I'm Jake Parsons.
0: Ryan Dinda.
2: I'm Blake Skubicki.
1: And
3: I'm the best pitcher in Lake Orion High School by the name of Tossum <laughs> awesome Wolf. Never got a game wrong.
0: Uh, well, I'm, we're, we're not going to... We're not going to talk about that. Um, I want to start off with something that just happened this past weekend. I know me personally, as a Lions fan, I was super excited to see this. Patricia and Quinn finally getting fired. We got Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, being the interim head coach. Who do you think we can see kind of take over that leadership role for the rest of the season and going future for the Lions?
3: Um, well... I'll get it started with that. Well, first of all, it took too long. You know, change needed to be made a while back. And, yes, it's the Lions, you know, after Ford swapping management roles up top, kind of filtered down to getting rid of some of those key uh, mistakes. But, you know, going forward, you got to pick the right coach. You can't have – can't bring in, you know, crappy – you got you to gotta look at You got to research, you know. You got to find your team's identity, what they are like off and on the field. And personally, Harbaugh might be in the hot seat, and I would ask him to put his job application in for the Lions. Perfect fit. He's not going far. So that's what I think.
0: Yeah, something that um, kind of stood out for me is Jim Caldwell, the head coach of the Lions, before Patricia went 9-7, and seven, made it to the playoffs. Quinn, the GM, said that's not good enough. We want a winning head coach here in Detroit. All the fans jumped on board with him. He promised Ford that this was his guy, Matt Patricia. You know what this guy did? He went 13-29-1 and, and probably – what, three and a half years in Detroit, two and a half years in Detroit. He went 13, 29, and one. So I have to agree with Dawson. I think this took way too long. He should have been gone after last year.
1: I mean, yeah, he – I think they should have been gone, both of them, when they were, like, all excited about drafting Hawkinson, like, eighth overall. That's just not – that was a horrible pick. Like, that was just terrible. I would have fired him immediately, like, after I saw that video of them, like, jumping around and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, it's not, like, the coach. There's The reason the Lions are so bad, like, for the past, like, decade, it's been, like, their constant player, like, constant thing on the team is Stafford. So I think they need to get rid of Stafford in order to, like, win anything ever. So I I don't think it's exactly all the coach's fault, but – I mean, of course, aren't that good, but.
3: I think you're getting somewhere there. You know, Stafford has been around for quite a while, and if you need to start that rebuilding process, why don't you start it from the ground up? Get a new QB, get new atmosphere. You know, Stafford, yes, he's still on the verge of having a couple more years left, but is he really what you want as a platform to start your rebuild?
2: Yeah, and I think uh, the new coaching hire is going to be definitely interesting, especially with the new owner because they handed it down to um,
3: Sheila or whatever. Sheila
2: Ford, yeah, Hampton, and I think it's going to be interesting to see like if she actually cares about the team and like what type of effort she puts into picking the new coach and new GM. Because I think it's if she doesn't put a lot of effort in and it's evident we're going to have another five years of Quinn Patricia, but with a different name. And if she actually cares about the program and all that, then we might actually have some help as Lions fans, believe it or not. And I, I think Dawson and Jake are right. Maybe it is time to move on from Stafford and let the, let, let the people that come in just pick the whole new put like, um, start from the ground up. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Stafford. Been there for a while. He was the first overall pick in 2009 after the Lions went 0-16. Lions have two years left on this contract. They have a buyout, um, opt-out contract or option after this year. But something I was kind of surprised that didn't happen is I thought I was going to hear Stafford's name a lot more at the trade deadline. I know I heard a lot of Dallas Cowboys rumors. He might have up or wound up in Dallas. Dallas needs a quarterback. So I think that would have been a perfect fit for, for Dallas is Matthew Stafford, the quarterback that can heave it down the field. We've seen time after time, especially within the last couple of years with Kenny Galladay, how Stafford, his arm, he might be 30-something years old, but his arm is still playing like a 20-something-year-old quarterback fresh out of college. There's a lot of good college quarterbacks in this draft. There's um, Justin Fields out of Ohio State, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, which there's no way Lions are going to get him. There's that North Dakota State quarterback, Trey Lance. There's some, a lot of really good quarterbacks coming. So, if I'm the Lions, A, I would have shopped around for Stafford a lot more at the trade-down line, but I got to agree with you got, what you guys are saying um, about getting rid of Stafford.
3: That's The problem here is, Mr. Steele, um, if I was another team The contract that the Lions have on Stafford right now is so much money. It doesn't do another organization to take on a contract that's already so deep. You know, cap space is a factor here. And if those teams don't have cap space, why even trade for Stafford? You know, that's another reason why the Lions are going to be screwed here coming up. They got a big contract in Stafford and some other players on that team that won't allow for, say – you know, your Jalen Hurts, you know, all those signees, you know, those coming up bigger players in order to sign them for a big enough deal to keep them around Detroit long enough to develop. You know,
0: you're right, Dawson. And there's a couple or there's three wide receivers this year, Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr. And Danny Amendola who are all at the end of their contracts. You got, I think it's safe to assume that Detroit's going to try and keep Kenny Galladay. They're not going to let him walk in free agency. So you nice. got Stafford, who you're paying big bucks for. you got Galladay, who you're paying big bucks for. I think um, Trey Flowers still might have a year or two left. Uh, Everson Griffin, who they just acquired from the Cowboys, who, by the way, I've been really happy with this play the last couple weeks, had a couple of really good plays against the Texans and the Panthers. But it's like you said, Dawson, I agree. It's all about cap space. But you also got to think about what's best for your players and what's best for the organization. And I don't think that's what for Sheila Ford's doing or what Mrs. Ford was doing. They're thinking more about the money side, not wanting to build a winning team, even though they're saying they want to build a winning team. So moving on from um, – the trainer that we call the Detroit Lions to some – Um, I want to get some of your NFL playoff predictions. What teams do you think it's safe to say we're going to see make a run here in the playoffs?
1: Um, Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Yeah. They'll, they'll be in the AFC Championship game. Whoever wins that game is going to win the Super Bowl, too. Like, the NFC doesn't have anyone who can compete with either of those teams. Well, Green Bay. Good.
3: Not so fast on our Steelers boy. Seattle. Um.
1: No,
3: not Seattle. Seattle no. does not have
0: a defense. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: I could tell you this right now. The Steelers, yes, they're whoa undefeated. They need to start playing love 11-0. They got to start playing. You know, they got the Colts coming up. And I could tell you, the Colts have, Colts have been shocking a lot of teams here recently. And, you know, I seriously think that the Steelers will not get the bye and they will lose – in these next couple of weeks, and personally, well, I'm not trying to be biased and all, but I think Cleveland might go far, but not too far, but <laughs> far enough, far enough that I might get a playoff shirt. So
1: no, I, Cleveland's not even gonna make the playoffs, dude. They're they're gonna lose the Steelers next time they play. I don't even know what the rest of their schedule looks like. Oh, uh, they got, I said that.
3: I said they got. The, they got. They got pretty two easy wins coming up, and then they got Steelers and Ravens, but the Ravens are like two games behind anyway. So,
0: the one thing that's made me look at the Steelers and kind of look at, like, okay, maybe this isn't the team everyone thought they were in like week two or three, is Dawson said a difficulty of schedule. And let's look at that Ravens game last night. Yes, you can say, okay, it was pushed back six days from the original time, but you also got to think who Pittsburgh, or who, I'm sorry, Baltimore didn't have. No, Lamar Jackson. Yeah,
3: uh, Jackson didn't even play.
0: They had to use Robert Griffin III as their quarterback. No disrespect to RG3. He's a really good quarterback. He's a really good backup quarterback that you can rely on to win you games, except Pittsburgh apparently. But I feel like Pittsburgh really has a tendency, especially with the last three or four weeks, um, you have Dallas and then uh, Baltimore last week. They've had a tendency that I've noticed to play down their competition and they just don't look like the team that everyone thought they were going to look like. Big Ben's having another phenomenal season. He's, I mean, Chase Claypool is going to be a really good receiver. You got Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, you got a really elite defense. I just don't see Pittsburgh being able to make the runs because they've been having that tendency to play down to their competition.
3: Well, well they're going to be gassed. Yes, you might try and go for that 0-16 season, but they're going to buy time playoffs come on. They're not going to peak at the right time. They've been peaking all season. Then they're just going to go downhill. Happens all the time.
1: Uh, I don't know. The defense is too good. Oh, here (laughs) we go. They're just too – the defense is – The AFC Championship game is going to be a good one. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and it's gonna be in Pittsburgh too because they're gonna get the first seed. So, yeah, so this gonna be a good game. I won't one team, lie.
0: Hey, Jake, one team I like you gotta matters. To look There's not gonna be any fans.
1: What, what's up? What'd you say, Derek?
0: I said one team you gotta look out for: Tennessee. They played Derrick uh, Henry. Derrick Henry's looking like the playoff Derrick Henry we saw in the playoffs last year. Their defensive has improved. We saw a really good. Tennessee defense against Phillip rivers against T Y Hilton against what I'd say is a really underrated Indianapolis offense. I think Tennessee is going to be another force to reckon with, and I can go with Buffalo. I can go with Cleveland. I think Buffalo is going to be able to win a playoff game. I just don't see Buffalo having the assets to make a run to be able to beat Pittsburgh, to be able to beat uh, Tennessee, to be able to beat the Colts, to be able to beat Pittsburgh, who I already said, Kansas city, Baltimore, all these teams, that are in the playoffs. The AFC is stacked this year. The AFC, I feel like the AFC is going to be bringing out another champion. If it's Pittsburgh, if it's Tennessee, Kansas City, whoever it may be, I just don't see the AFC. I just don't see the AFC being weak enough for the Bills to win. But Pittsburgh's going to be a good uh, test on Sunday Night Football.
3: That's right, Big D. Uh, the Bills. Uh, yeah, I don't know about them.
0: I'm excited. You know, I will say one thing about the Bills, and then we'll move on to a different team. We can move on to the NFC. I'm excited to see what the Bills can do healthy. They're finally getting Matt Milano back. And I can be a a typical Bills fan and look at the Arizona game and say injuries. But Buffalo was not able to – against Arizona, Buffalo wasn't able to move the ball all second half. Allen looked like 2017, 2018. Josh Allen just making ill-advised throws, making the wrong decision. The defense – let them back into the game. The defense bailed out the offense last year, and that's the reason why they were able to play Houston in the wild card round. But the defense hasn't been that same defense this year. And I feel like that's what's going to kill Buffalo this year is that defense and Allen just having a lack of experience, even though he's played, like, a really good quarterback this year. Moving on to the um, NFC, what team – do you think there's, like – it's safe to say one NFC team is going to be in the Super Bowl, or do you think it's going to be possible?
3: Yes, and, you know, I'm it, the NFC isn't really that strong this year. So, really, anybody is really, whoever has, you know, a good week or, you know, good month, per se, could easily make a run in the NFC. But, personally, from what I've seen from the NFC side, I think, well, uh, uh well going to have to go with the Cheeseheads. I think the Packers will make another run. And, from the looks of it, I don't think anybody will really stand in their way that they haven't already either beaten or – the
0: back room. Yeah. It's going to be the cheeseheads. There's one other team I kind of want to take a look on, and the team I'm going to mention is all contingent on Drew Brees. I heard Drew Brees, a reasonable time frame for him to return is week 15 or week 16. That gives him a couple of weeks to get healthy, to start playing football again to get ready for the playoffs. If Drew Brees, and that's a big if, if Drew Brees can come back healthy and play like the playoff Drew Brees that we've seen in the past, I think the Saints can make a run. you got to remember, the Packers beat the Saints week three. So, I don't know. I say the Packers, but I could also see the Saints and maybe the Seahawks in that conversation as well.
3: Well, you do have to remember, Drew Brees is almost at the end of his career. He's not going to be 100% going into the playoffs. so what adjustments they can make might make that not (laughs) happen.
0: They're not winning with, they're not winning with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is a running back playing at quarterback. Taysom Hill reminds me kind of like a Lamar Jackson, but worse. Where Lamar Jackson, last year he showed off his arm. It's kind of digress this year, but Taysom Hill, how many completions does he had? He had one, maybe two completions against Denver. I don't even think he had a completion before that. All his touchdowns have been rushing touchdowns. Defenses are going to adjust to Taysom Hill. And if New Orleans wants to win a playoff game without Drew Brees, they're going to have to start Jameis Winston because Taysom Hill isn't going to get the job done.
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I don't even have any problems with that. I, I agree that they need to start Jameis Winston. I don't know how they haven't already. Taysom Hill just is not a quarterback. Like, he, I know he plays, like, every single position, but. Especially not for the Saints, that they actually want to do something since they have a great, pretty great defense. And um, I'm drawing a blank on the running back now.
3: Okay. Alvin Camara.
2: Kamara, Yeah, he's crazy. And obviously, it's- Michael Thomas. So, yeah. Marcon
0: Latimar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of their tight end's name right now. I'm drawing a blank on their tight end's name right now. I I don't know, but I know they got a really good tight end. Um, But yeah, the Saints, I feel like the Saints, if they can get a healthy Drew Brees or go with Jameis Winston, they might be a surprise team. One other team um, that I could think of off the top of my head is Arizona. Arizona had that Hail Mary against Buffalo. They'd be in Seattle once. They'd beaten some decent teams. I think Kyler Murray – should be in the MVP conversation. He's shown incredible growth this year. He's shown that he knows how to move out of the pocket, but he also knows how to have that presence and be able to throw the ball downfield. It was proven on that DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary where he broke, what, three tackles. DeAndre Hopkins was in that zone, crazy play. But yeah, um, I think Arizona could also be a team that we kind of talk as a sleeper that could possibly make a run. So moving on, um, this is something that I saw a couple weeks ago. I thought it was kind of interesting. So we got the 32 NFL teams right now. We got the states that they're in. Which state do you think that doesn't currently have an NFL team? Hypothetically speaking, if they were going to do an expansion, what state do you think the NFL could look at? Nebraska. Nebraska, okay.
3: Well, if you think about it, I've been over to the Cornhuskers You know, I've been to Lincoln, and, you know, it's like, if you think about it, that region doesn't really have an NFL team besides the Chiefs, and that's three hours away. But when people, when, you know, Husker Nation comes together, it's like the whole state is like, you know, Saturday. It's like that, that stadium's never empty. And Lincoln is just madhouse on, you know, Saturday for Huskers games. And so many people support them, and you know, even if they put a team in Omaha, it'd be outstanding turnout. Yes, Nebraska is, you know, rural area, but they love their football out there, and they will definitely support an NFL team out there.
0: Good points. Um one team that I've looked at that's kind of the same way, another Midwest team is Iowa. They're the same way. The Iowa Hawkeyes. They got some really good loyal fans. I think Iowa then going kind of more towards the southern part, um, maybe pit one in Mobile, um, Alabama or Montgomery, Alabama. Um, you got Nick Saban, you got the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think Alabama could do another one. Looking out west, maybe um pit one in um Oregon somewhere out west, maybe Washington. But there's a lot of good states.
2: Yeah, I was thinking more
0: like
1: Oklahoma. Yeah, I was going to say Oklahoma. Yeah.
0: Something like that. So moving moving on to some college football, the college football playoffs are closer than we think. The four teams right now is Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, and... Clemson. Clemson, thank you. Which out of the four teams do you think or one that isn't in it right now, like a Florida-Texas uh, team, do you think we could be seeing standing as national champions?
1: Michigan well, State. Michigan yeah. State. Yep. Notre Dame. Ohio State. Ohio. Ohio State. Best team in the nation.
2: The proud, you know. Yeah, maybe. Ohio I think State. I just – I have to go with Alabama.
1: Nah. Uh, <laughs> Alabama's going to lose to Clemson. If they play,
2: them. I don't know. If they lost to Notre Dame,
1: I know, but they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is just too good. He's not gonna. He not. Gonna, he's not gonna lose out. One
0: player, That's what I was thinking. Difference. Yeah, the one team I was thinking. Um, Jake, you mentioned It's Clemson. Um, if Motor somehow sneaks in, I know they have the one loss to some. I think it was like Virginia Tech or someone like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have the one loss in like week three or four. I could see Florida being it. They've been playing lights off. Um, Kyle Trask is – The one hands- loss is to Notre Dame. Oh, it's to Notre Dame. Okay. So, Kyle Trask, hands down, is my Heisman winner. I could see Florida making a run. Um, Clemson, it just seems like Dabo Sweeney always has a good team out in Clemson. Ohio State, um, these next two weeks against – now, you're going to laugh at me for saying this. Michigan and Michigan State, they're, they're two of the laughing teams in the Big Ten – but they don't got Ryan Day this week. I just read that they're missing some players this weekend against Michigan State. I think those two are going to be a tough test. And then Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game, I can see Northwestern beating Ohio State. Well, not so fast, Big D. Not so fast. Ohio State might
3: not play. I'm not sure if they announced this week, but mm -hmm. they probably won't play Michigan next week. Michigan is quarantined. They canceled this week's game. And I, I'm not sure if there's a requirement. I think there is um, for mm-hmm. the college football playoff. Yeah. But if Ohio State, if they don't play this week and they don't play next week, Ohio State will not be in the college football playoff.
0: Who do you think would take their spot at number four?
3: Um, you know, I think Florida would actually – Florida has been playing really strong here lately. And, yes, they got put in quarantine. I think the Gators might have a little bit of an edge over the Crimson Tide, but it can that'd go be either a fun, way.
0: That'd be a fun and game to watch, Alabama, Florida. That'd be a fun what, game to watch.
3: What might influence that as SEC championship? It sounds like it's going to be Gators and Crimson Tide. So whoever yep. wins that game will be in the college football playoff.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. One other team I've looked at is uh, Texas. I believe they're ranked number five right now. They've been playing really well. Um, Texas. Uh, Alabama, or not Alabama, Florida. Those, I think those one of those two teams are going to replace Ohio State. Moving on, um, we mentioned that Michigan. Looking at it as a fan, losing the Penn State, do you think it's time to release Harbaugh, or do you think you keep them around for one more year, or what do you mm. think? Like their number one issue right now, if you had to boil it down to one thing. One thing. Um, I- I think the defense. Um, Don Brown's running man coverage with freshman cornerbacks versus Rutgers, and they're getting burnt by Rutgers wide receivers. Which like the receiver quarters are horrible. But like you, you have to fix it at some point. If you're getting burnt on one on ones, like just put in a put in a zone every once in a while, switch it up, and he just runs the same thing, blitzes them, and then his corners get burnt. Don Brown's gonna get fired. And I think they'll put uh, Jim Harbaugh in the hot seat or Jim Harbaugh will step down or, like, go somewhere else. I don't think they'll fire Jim Harbaugh after this year.
3: Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Blake. Um, Don Brown is not on his game. You know, some of those situations shouldn't have even happened looking at it. And, you know, the man coverage, I even heard Kirk Herbstreit say why the heck are you running man coverage in this situation when the announcers can figure that out something's going on and, and something has to be done michigan's waited yeah harbaugh has a winning record overall his whole time at michigan it's not harbaugh's problem it's how can you get to these players to develop them in a timely manner and i don't know what don brown did that wasn't sticking for these guys. Maybe throwing them out there, but realistically, I think I I would give Harbaugh one more year. Plus, I know this is a really weird year. Yeah. Um, but I would give him one more year. I it, he's had a winning record at Michigan. Yes, you know he's one in six against you know whatever all those rivals, big big rivals in the division, but realistically, you can't find another coach out there that has a winning record that's looking for a job.
1: Exactly. Yeah. There's no, like, candidate to look to that's, like, that's the guy that we should get, and we might just have to wait another year and see if that guy turns up. Yeah, uh,
0: definitely. Um, I kind of want to look at the offensive side of the ball. Uh, McCaffrey transferred. He entered the transfer portal. Joe Milton stepped up, and everyone was saying, oh, this is Harbaugh's quarterback this is the one he's been able to groom since freshman year but Milton's honestly under impressed me besides the one game he had against Minnesota he under impressed me against state he under impressed me against Rutgers he ended up getting take taken out against Rutgers so I just don't see Joe Milton being their quarterback and but like you said there's no really other good candidate for Harbaugh and then that defense that defense just has a lot of holes I can see them giving Harbaugh one more year and, like you said, Blake, uh, firing Don Brown after the season.
3: Yeah. Plus, you got to look at it from, you know, a organiza- a program standpoint. Are we going to have people that are going to replace the ones that aren't doing good and get people to want to come to the Michigan program? Yeah, definitely. You don't definitely. want, say, your no-show guy mm-hmm. from – UTEP or something in the Mountain West conference coming over to Michigan to try and turn this team around. He doesn't have experience. You need someone with experience that's willing yes. to take on the problems uh, at Michigan right now. And there's not a lot, you know, no one's, I don't think there's, ah, I didn't even look at the coaching carousel yet, but I don't even think there's a lot of coaches out there that really lost their job this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a really good point. But I think the number one goal for a Michigan fan, and I know we've mentioned this before, is to beat Ohio State. Ohio State's just been a factory these last however many years. So I feel like you can pit that against, or you can't pit that, that against Harbaugh. <clears throat> but Michigan State, they've really, ever since Connor Cook left, they have not had a good quarterback, and they haven't had really those excellent teams. Harbaugh's beaten them twice. He was supposed to beat them by 20-plus points this year. He, he lost. He lost the well, State this year. He lost to a winless Penn State. But you got to look at it at the other hand, like you said, Dawson and Blake, where there's really no good coaching candidate out there. The only one that comes to mind for me is Urban Meyer, which I don't know if you really want to. Michigan. You know,
3: Urban Meyer, yeah, he's a freaking great coach. But you know what I really think the problem is with Michigan? they got a top-10 recruiting class every freaking year, and they can't develop those players to become, you know – to live up to that top 10 recruiting class every year. You know, say some of these other teams, your Ohio State's, you know, Clemson, you got all these players from Michigan. You know that one guy that plays on the line at Clarkson, he's going to Alabama. Why wasn't Michigan one of his go-to, like, final selections for, you know, why isn't Michigan Michigan State recruiting those in-state kids? The Davison quarterback, he's going to Northwestern where's Michigan? Where's state? You know, they're going all out of state and it just goes to show, you know, yes, Michigan's picking these kids from the South and all of that, but you have a top 10 recruiting class every year and you're still kind of rock bottom. Like there's something needs to change.
0: Yeah, definitely. With that being said, I think that wraps it up. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for listening to Episode 6 of Cheap Seats. That's all I've got to say. See you guys next episode.